This is an ABC podcast. Kaya, nan curl Millie Rose, nan mudich curling. Hi, I'm Millie Rose. I'm a fierce girl. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies from here on Noongar country and from wherever you are listening. We respect the elders of the past and present. Fierce. Girl power. This is the story of the girl who became mum to thousands, Mum Shaw. Read by Wiradjuri and Whalewin activist and lawyer Tila Reid. And if you're an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person, we want to let you know that this episode contains the name of someone who has died. Under the vast Irambi skies stood a big, shady, Kurrajong tree and a girl, Colleen Shirley Perry. But no one ever called her that. Everyone called her Shirley. Under the cool of the tree, right outside the school grounds, Shirley waited patiently for her grandfather, Bujan, while he sent all his other grandkids off to school. Shirley didn't go to school, and she wasn't sure why. She gazed up through the branches, watching the birds, thinking, what is wrong with me? How am I different to my brothers and sisters? Suddenly, everything went pitch black, dark, as a moonless night, empty, confused. Shirley opened her eyes. She was on the ground, her heart racing, beating violently. She could feel it pounding from her chest. Shirley, her Bujang called gently, cradling her in his arms. And she knew, in this moment, she was different to all the other kids. After some time, Shirley found out there was a name for what she had. Epilepsy. Her brain was built differently, and it meant she could have a seizure at any time. People in her town called her the fit thrower. They were scared to be left alone with her, in case she threw a fit, in case she blacked out. But did they ever imagine how scared Shirley felt? She was scared to take walks by herself, cook by herself, swim by herself, do most things by herself in case a fit came and she needed help. But it also made her very aware that those people, like her Bujan, who helped her during those scary times, were actually saving her life. It made her feel like she had a debt to repay. She just wasn't sure how. Years had passed. Shirley had grown up. And onto the big city, Sydney. A big place. 
for a small town girl. And in this big place, there were big troubles. Shirley's family had no money. Her brothers and sisters had no money. And her favourite brother, Laurie, ended up in prison. Laurie, someone here to see ya. He looked downcast, lonely. I'm so glad you're here, little sister, he said. She looked around. The faces of the other inmates chilled her blood. They all looked like they could use some kindness. What do you need, Laurie? She whispered. Would you like some magazines? A few treats? Listen, Laurie said. I don't need anything, but... Shirley, there is this guy in here. He's having a hard time. Try to get some permission to see him. He needs a visitor badly, Laurie said. Shirley nodded. You've got a heart of gold, sis, he said. We could all really use it. Shirley returned the next day, just as she promised. But the warders who ran the jail stopped her. You again, they said. Why should we let you in? Shirley paused. How was she going to get through those gates? She looked them straight in the eye. Because I'm his mum, she said. Day after day after day, Shirley returned, visiting another prisoner, then another, more and more faces. And each day, she stood up to the wardens that questioned her, saying the same thing. I'm his mum. You see, Mum Shell never believed the people in jail were baddies. She believed they just had bad things happen to them and in their lives. They needed understanding and love. She sat and she listened to them. At first they were downcast, but after a time, they would smile. The light would return to their eyes. Mum Shell saw everyone equally. It didn't matter who you were. She cared for anyone who needed help. And her heart was big enough and golden enough for all of them. After a while, word got around about Mum Shell and people started seeking her out for help. Not just people in jail, but on the outside too. No matter the time of day or night, A young mother stood at the door, a baby strapped to her, a small child clinging to her leg. It was the middle of the night. How you going, bub? She said. Hey, Mum Shirl. Me and my kids got nowhere to stay and they're hungry. Come in. Let's get you warm. 
get those babies something to eat. Mumshell's door was open to anyone who was in trouble. Alcoholics, prisoners, the sick, the homeless. There was an ear to listen, a shoulder to cry on, a meal for empty bellies, a bed to rest. There was plenty of heart, but there was never enough money. So, Mumshell got busy. Because even though Mumshell never went to school and never learned to read or write, she had a gift. When she listened, people talked. When she talked, people would listen. And when Mumshell walked, people followed. She knocked on doors. She found priests and nuns to help. She used charities for clothing, food and supplies. She rented houses, took in children. She helped set up a free Aboriginal medical service, a legal service, even a children's service, often using her own money. She was the thread that wove people back together, piece by piece, stitch by stitch. She was the blanket that caught the people left behind. The voice on the other end of the line was official and gruff. Mum, Cheryl, you need to come down to the Department of Corrective Services immediately. What's all this about then? Tell me now, she said. Just get here, all right? It's important, the voice said. When Mum, Cheryl arrived, she saw a camera on a tripod against a blank white wall, just like they had for prisoners. Her photo was taken, then her fun prints too. Colleen Shirley Smith, came a voice. It was the very top man in charge of the prisons. Only, he was smiling. He pulled out a shiny metal shield. It was emblazoned with an emblem. Shirley had seen it before. It was the same shield the warders wore. The warders who questioned her going into prisons, time after time. This is what's known as a gold pass, he said. It's for you. From now on, you can go into whatever prison and see any prisoner you like. No one will stop you. And this pass is valid for the rest of your life. Mum Shell held it out. It burned bright in her hands. She couldn't believe it. She could visit, listen, and help as many people as she wanted, with no one to ask questions. Here I am, a black person, she thought. I can't read or write, and I've managed to work hard enough to impress the government department to give me recognition, she thought. She had never been prouder of anything she'd been given in her whole life. Her golden heart now had a shield. The word started to spread even more about Mumshell. Some people were calling her a saint. She didn't pay any attention. One day she'd be on television, talking to TV personalities... And the next minute, 
She'd be cruising the streets at night looking for kids in trouble or standing in a courtroom defending a young person who'd been caught up in the wrong crowd. And most of all, trying to find money for those who needed it. There was always more money needed for medicine, for food, for rent. And meanwhile, she was meeting with some of the richest people in the world. She'd had an invite to the Prime Minister's house for a tea party with Gough Whitlam and his wife. And the rock star, Neil Diamond, flew her to the US to put her on his TV show. I've never had a mother, but when I was in Australia, I found one, and here she is. Mum Cheryl from Redfern, Sydney, Australia. Neil Diamond put her up in a plush, fancy hotel in Las Vegas. Her room was huge, big enough for 50 people. Some of these people have so much, she thought. They should be doing more for others. Mum Cheryl walked straight out of her fancy room and asked a local to help her. Are there any poor areas close by? She said. Can you take me there? Mum Cheryl was more concerned about the homeless in the streets than the glitz and glamour of a rock star and a fancy hotel. But the biggest meeting was about to come. Mum Cheryl tugged at her skirt. It was the nicest thing she had ever worn in her life. She was about to meet the Queen of England. The Queen had heard about her work and wanted to award her an MBE, a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire. It's a very fancy way of saying, wow, your work is outstanding. The Queen smiled and congratulated Mum Sherl on her work. But Mumshell had other things on her mind. Well, I'm pleased to meet you, Your Majesty. And I appreciate this, what you may call it, that you've given me. But I can't stay here and yarn all day. I've got to get to Long Bay. There's a lot of prisoners waiting out there to see me. There was so much work to be done. No time to waste. Not even for the Queen. On her way there... While she was all dressed up, she dropped by the pub to have a quick catch-up with some friends. But she was stopped at the door. No entry, they said. There are no ladies allowed in here today. Mum Shell peeked through the doors. She could see white women in there, having a drink. Black people were often treated this way. Refused service. Refused somewhere to sit. Refused things because of the colour of their skin. But I've just come from lunch with the Queen, she told them. They didn't care. They didn't see her golden heart. They could only see the colour of her skin. When Mum Shell went home that evening, reality hit. Her electricity was about to get cut off. There was still no money. And there was still so many people to help. She'd met the Queen... She'd been congratulated on her work, but she was exhausted. She felt as if she had nothing, and her family had nothing. Why am I being given a medal for this? She thought. Mum Sherl, this strong, courageous woman, hid away and cried when no one would see her. I feel I'm going to end up with so many medals and pieces of paper, she thought. 
They must be worth something in the end. Mustn't they? The awards gathered. The plaudits too. But they didn't mean anything to Mum Cheryl. The most meaningful awards were not given by the Queen or the Prime Minister. They were the smiles and the gratitude of the people she helped. People in need. People in jail. Young, homeless mothers. People with nowhere to sleep and no one to listen. They were the lives she had saved and the debt she had paid. And it was her golden heart who loved them all. I'm Teela Reid, and I'm a proud Wiradjuri and Walwan woman. I loved this story because Mum Sherl is a matriarch. And I want to tell you this story because there are so many other First Nations matriarchs to remember. That's it for this season of Fierce Girls. Roll the credits. Our lead writer is Samantha Turnbull. The Mum Shell story was written by Marie Yulu McCarthy. It was produced by Roshna Farouk. David LeMay is the sound engineer who puts the cool sound effects in, like this one. The executive producer is Monique Bowley. Special thanks to Millie Rose Ronan for our acknowledgement of country. And this episode was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. And we pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. And I'm Naomi Vama. I'm 12 years old and I love adventure, science and debating. And when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. To hear more stories of extraordinary Australian women, go to the ABC Listen app or anywhere you get your podcasts and search for Fierce Girls. Like the episode on Gidja artist Queenie McKenzie, the girl who became a living treasure. Queenie dipped a brush in the ochre. And right then and there, Queenie McKenzie became the first woman in her community to paint. Once she started, she couldn't stop. She painted limestone hills. She painted rivers and waterholes. She painted ceremonies and songs. We have over 50 episodes there for you. Over and out.